0: In the night of death, hope sees a star, and whistling love can hear the rustle of a wing. That's a quote by Robert Ingersoll, and I think it speaks highly to the reason why we're here this week talking about suicide prevention in the workplace. Many of us have been touched by the tragedy of suicide. And we can transform that grief and that energy into the work to help ourselves and help other people avoid that tragedy in their lives. Hello, everybody. I'm Sally Spencer Thomas. I'm a psychologist by training, and I am also a bereaved person, bereaved by suicide. I lost my brother Carson to suicide on December 7th, 2004. And that, of course, was a life changing event for me. My brother happened to have bipolar condition never knew of his difficulties all they saw was a very successful business executive that the world loved someone who was incredibly talented um, who had a number of friends and colleagues who looked up to him but right alongside all that magic my brother also fought fiercely against depression a depression that ultimately proved to be fatal in the aftermath of his death our family and his closest friends pulled together in our grief and vowed to do something we resolved to find bold gap filling strategies To prevent what happened to Carson from happening to other people. And that has led me on a pathway to be with you today. You see, we didn't know before that, that the majority of people who died by suicide were of working age. Most of them had never once stepped foot in any kind of mental health resource. They had one attempt and it was fatal. And so in order to get in front of that tragedy, we needed to get some innovative solutions out there because they were not going to be found through an education system or a healthcare system, but most of them were working or they were just working or they had an immediate family member who was working. Work was the cross-cutting system that allowed us to connect to people in that level of despair. And as we dug deeper and got more data around this, we realized that there were certain industries that were more at risk than others. In 2016, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention started to publish data ranking industry by suicide rate, and lo and behold, construction consistently ranked number one or number two. Why? Well, partly because men or males, about 80% of people who die by suicide are male. So suicide death is overwhelmingly a male-dominated phenomenon, and construction, is overwhelmingly a male-dominated industry in many areas, so partly it's who shows up to work and construction. But generally speaking, there's a lot of other factors, um, more that you'll hear about as uh, the week rolls on, that contribute to risk in construction, a couple of them just being the uh, high levels of stress that go along with the industry, sometimes the uncertainty that comes along with the work, uh, whether or not jobs will continue or When the next work will come, uh, a lot of pain issues, chronic pain and acute pain, uh, sometimes a culture of stoicism and tough mindedness that prevent people from reaching out proactively and many more things. I want to highlight in in my last few minutes here um, how to help yourself and how to help others who might be thinking about suicide. Now, unlike other health issues where we might be able to tell that someone's in pain, right? if they have a cast on their arm or stitches, or maybe they've lost some hair with chemotherapy, uh, we can't often tell unless we have conversations with somebody about suicide. And so in future efforts, we'll be talking about what that looks like, but I'm just going to give you a couple of tools because some of you right now might be in a space where you're worried about a loved one, where you're worried about a coworker. The goal of these conversations is really to come alongside someone compassionately and directly addressing these issues. So you might start off a conversation like this. I've noticed all right? And then you list the things that you've noticed that are concerning to you. And stay close to the facts. I've noticed that you've had a hard time coming to work lately. I've noticed that you're drinking more than you usually do. I've noticed that you're flying off the handle with small stressors and small conflicts. And you don't seem like yourself lately. And I want to let you know I care about you. All right? So I've noticed the facts and then expression of care. And then take your time and open up the conversation. The goal of this conversation is to earn their trust. So listen deeply if they disclose to you some of the things that might be troubling them, reflect back what you hear, offer compassion. And then go in and ask a direct question about suicide. Worst case scenario, you're wrong. Maybe you're a bit embarrassed. If you don't ask, you'll never know. So here's how to ask. You say, "Sometimes when people are not acting like themselves and they're going hard time, going through hard times like you seem to be, sometimes they're also thinking about suicide. I'm wondering, are you thinking about suicide?" That's how you do it. You You connect it to the fact that their behavior or attitude is changed and about the possibility. Use the direct language. Are you thinking about suicide? When you say it in a compassionate and matter of fact way, you take out all the taboo. This is just a matter of fact thing that many people go through. And that when they say yes, you say, thank you. Are you thinking about suicide? yes thank you for sharing that with me thank you for trusting me i've got your back and i have some ideas of things that we can look at together that might be helpful in getting you through this in fact at this point i need help helping you and i'd like for us to partner on a plan to keep you safe from suicide for now and then you would activate that resource in the moment you would say, we can look at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, or we can connect with the Crisis Text Line together. I can start the call, just get it going. Uh, Or you can start the call and I can stay here with you or step out. What are you most comfortable with? And empower them to take that first step to help save their own lives. If you are currently in a crisis, and you are thinking about suicide, please reach out. You matter. You matter deeply to this organization and to others in your life. And no one should die in isolation and despair. There is help out there. Please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273 8255, someone is standing by to listen to you and to help you figure out your pathway forward. To Granite Rock, I am so honored to be partnering with you. It is truly a privilege to be working with uh, such a a forward-thinking company who's ready to tackle this issue strategically and comprehensively. And I look forward to our next steps.
1: Thank you. Hello and thank you for joining us. Today we are with Katrina Puente, LCSW Clinical Social Worker Therapist at Umbrella Collective in Boulder, Colorado. Katrina, thank you for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me, Bob.
1: Well, September is National Suicide Prevention Month. All month, mental health advocates and prevention organizations, survivors, allies, and community members unite to promote the suicide prevention awareness. And I just kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit more on the focus of the construction industry as a whole. Um, the, The reason I wanted to touch on that is that we have an article from CDC And this was actually posted on September 9th, 2020. So the article outlines the construction industry and it says the construction industry is one of the highest suicide rates compared to other industries. In 2016, the suicide rate for men in construction and extraction occupations was 49.4 persons for every 100,000. That's almost twice the total suicide rate for civilian working men. I know that more research is needed on this, but um, can you share a little bit about what you are seeing and maybe just industry expert on why you think this is happening? Or is there something that we could talk about on on the industry side from a professional such as yourself?
2: Sure, Bob. Um, Some of the things they've found are that job strain and long work hours may be important occupational risk factors for suicidal thoughts, in people who are working, they've also found that creating and maintaining healthy work organizations is an important strategy for preventing worker suicides. Increasing worker job control and ensuring an optimal level of work demands, including 40 hours or less of work per week, is also an important strategy for the prevention of suicide in working populations.
1: I have been part of some losses due Mm -hmm. to suicide myself, and it was just really a shock to me, and I don't know if that's because it's something that is not talked about, or we don't know how to talk about, or we don't know how to reach these people, or we don't see the warning signs, or we don't Understand why this is happening or how that could happen, and and that type of thing. Is there anything that we need to do as a human population, not just a construction industry, but just to help those who may be in need?
2: That's a really, really important question, and I think there's a lot of people who are feeling the same way you are right now, um, who just don't know what to do and they're afraid, so they choose not to talk about it, but Something we know is that if people are having thoughts of suicide, they actually feel relief when someone asks them about it.
1: Mm, That's interesting.
2: There's this worry that if we bring up suicide, then we're going to put it into someone's head when it wasn't there already. Mm -hmm. But research shows that's not the case. And that actually acknowledging and talking about suicide may reduce, rather increase, suicidal ideation thoughts of suicide so the first thing to do is to ask and you know a lot of people worry that once they ask then they have to figure out what to do how to stop it but really the most important thing is to just be there When people are feeling depressed and overwhelmed, they actually feel a lot more hopeful after talking to someone who listens without judgment, without telling them that their thoughts are wrong or all the reasons why they should not attempt suicide, but just to sit and to listen to their pain. Following up, is also really important. Being able to check in with your friends and see how they're doing a week or a month or a few months down the line is going to be really important to continue to help them feel connected and supported. Also encouraging them to see a therapist or another mental health professional. I know there's a lot of stigma about that, especially with men. And working class men who, you know, might think the best thing to do is to push it down or to numb their emotions with alcohol. To talk about therapy or seeking help from a mental health
1: professional. Right. And on that note, we would like to invite those who are considering that to please visit the Suicide Prevention Lifeline website. And that's at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Are there some bullet points or some key points that you would say are good indicators or this person might need some help or follow-up?
2: Yes. If you notice any of these warning signs, then this is somebody you really want to ask about whether or not they're having thoughts of suicide or thoughts about wanting to die. One of those things is if someone is talking about wanting to die or looking for a way to die, like searching online or buying a gun. If they are talking about feeling hopeless or having no reason to live, that is also a warning sign. If you notice that someone is increasing their use of alcohol or drugs, suicide is also something to look out for. If someone is withdrawing or isolating themselves from social situations, if they used to be really active in the community and they're withdrawing more, that's something to look out for. Mood swings that are more extreme than usual are also a good warning sign that you should be asking someone about suicide.
1: Those are all great. Science, I think we should all take it hard, especially in unusual situation with our COVID mm. restrictions, and it just pushes us into a further stress pattern. And I think that's something that we kind of overlook as far as a contributing factor, where you've got this additional stress that is put on uh, something that is already weighted on somebody else's shoulder. So, very, very good stuff. So I just wanted to remind everybody again that the great opportunity here is to reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I'd like to give that number out now. That's 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. You can also text hello to 741741 for the text line. Well, Katrina, thank you again for taking the time to sit down with us and talk about this very difficult topic. We really appreciate your industry understandings of the needs for the people out there.
2: Yes, thank you, Bob, for having me and for the work you're doing to bring awareness about this very important
0: topic.